0: Yo, what's good? Welcome to CounterCurrents episode 25, The Quarter Water, with <laughs> my co-hostess...
1: Elena Torres and my fabulous co-host, as always...
0: Petey Steele, and we got a fantastic guest today. Uh, one of the biggest disc jockeys in <laughs> uh, the Washington metro area from the Kane Show. You may know this fascinating young man... Intern John,
2: welcome. Thank you, guys. I feel uh, pressure following D. Ahmed, but I'm going to try to do well in his footsteps.
0: Yeah, I think it's D. Ahmed, just (laughs) because
2: that sounds sexier, you know? Yeah, Yeah. I'll try Yeah, Uh, I just call him D. D. Dalfa. Dalfa. Yeah, Yeah, whatever works. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) If he got any nerdier, I'd have to call him Alf Dalfa or something
1: like that. Oh, come on. I love D. Ahmed. We love D. We had D on last week, and D is a local comic that Petey and I have known for a long time, but... Through D, we now know John. And John, tell us about how you met D, why you know D, and it's all that good stuff. A, yeah,
2: it's a long, like the short version of the story is I decided to do stand up like two years ago to raise money for the Fish House, which is a fantastic military charity. And um, so I decided it's like a long story, but basically I saw Pete Davidson at the Draft House in Arlington. Mm-hmm. And I met Pete like six months before from a radio friend. I sat my girlfriend time. I was like, I could probably do this. And she was like, Yeah, probably. Sure. So I did the show. We announced the show for charity. I put like a memo out for any DC comics want to be on the show. Let me know. And only three responded. And it was D. I Meg, Kyle Cromer, Ronnie Fleming. So they've been on, or D and Kyle have been on like 20 shows of me since then. But long story short, D applied to like the ad, I guess. And that's how I met him. And he's been dope ever since. That was like two years ago, a couple weeks ago. We started the first show.
1: Yeah. So cool. So fantastic. what made you want to do stand-up? Had you been thinking about it forever? You know, how's that transition going from working in radio for forever to doing stand-up in front of theaters full of people?
2: It's, um yeah, it was a weird thing of, like, radio is basically four hours of doing off your head a day. So I always right. did that and then, like, hosting events and stuff for the station. And I always loved comedy. And it was just kind of like trying to find a way to raise money for the Fisher house. I'm like, I could try to do stamp comedy. And this happened that like, it worked out. So my first time doing comedy was the very first show. And I did an hour and it was, we sold out two shows. And I was like, God, if I bomb this first show, this second show is going to suck ass in 30 Mm -hmm. minutes. And luckily, like, it worked out fairly well. You did a full hour on stage. That's yeah.
1: insane. A full hour your very first time doing comedy.
2: Yeah, and like I didn't understand, because so I talked to D. am like, hey, man, it's so, like, how does comedy work usually? He goes, well, usually you do like three and then five, yeah. and if you're lucky, you do 10, 15, and 30. I'm like, oh, I'm the asshole to decide to do an hour. He's like, yeah, basically. I'm like, oh, okay, cool.
3: <laughs> so, um,
2: Well, nobody's going to pay to see intern job do fucking five minutes. Exactly. Yeah, oh. yeah. It, it was funny, because I think nobody at the first show we did nobody knew what to expect including me and i think d and kyle were kind of like well, who's this guy and it just happened to work out but it's because of what i think it's because of like doing four hours of radio a day it's I've heard of like the writing on stage thing to me it's like a lot of material I thought of all doing the show and just wrote it down mm. right. you know what I mean totally. and it wasn't like the audience had no idea who I was they came because they listened to the show if it wasn't audience people had no idea who I was it would have been a longer hour of like misery than what it was the first time so I got lucky I think
1: but you didn't feel that there was more pressure because they knew who you were like how I- nervous were you doing an hour your first time doing stand up
2: um, it was a weird thing like I watched a lot of documentaries like I, I watched the I Am comic documentaries, so there's mm-hmm. I'm comic I'm road comic and those were like huge and um so with the first show we did it was like 150 people whatever and I remembered zero the jokes before I got on stage and then I got on stage into the first joke and then like the weird thing of like, I was hella ADD mm-hmm. but like I was like talking doing the jokes but my ears were like listening to the reaction my head was editing jokes on the fly at the same time and I was like oh shit like maybe like I could be okay at this and um yeah, I haven't watched back that first tape. I'm sure it was really bad, but that that was two years ago, and um, I think we've done 20 since then. So, I don't know. I think I also like worked out the routines like probably for four months by myself before I did it on stage. It was like fairly polished. Like I, I didn't just wing it. Like I had it all memorized, and like I would work on it. Like I would wear the clothes I was gonna wear on stage. I would mm-hmm. do like drink and do it. I would do it from different parts of the stand-up to make sure I knew like every word of that whole hour. Mm -hmm. So that made it at least appear like I knew what I was doing. And you
1: did all that, like, alone in your house, in front of the mirror?
2: Yeah, like, in the car, too. So if I was driving somewhere for work, if I was going wherever, I would just start doing the the material there. And I found, too, like, the more I did, the more I'd find quicker ways to get to the punchline, get to different ways to get to the joke too. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I I probably did, like, over 100 hours before that first hour of just, like, me editing it. And I think that's what helped a lot more than anything else. Yeah. And getting wow. on stage, not being able to see past the first row is an amazing thing. You yeah. know, I, I like yeah. the bright lights right there, so I can't see what's going on. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, yeah.
0: you know, that's sort of akin to your time doing radio, maybe, because in a sense, you have the biggest crowd to do crowd work for, like the sixth biggest metropolitan area in the United States. And, I mean, that's a top show the Kane show in terms yeah. of circulation and you don't get to see any of these faces like mm-hmm. while you're doing it you know what I mean you don't even get to gauge reaction time mm-hmm. or anything like that it's crazy you're kind of like uh, Van Dam fighting Chong Lee after he throws the powder in his eyes you yeah. know blood sport it's
2: bananas it that was a weird thing of like again like you said like when do the show like we have a million some listeners in DC but we never know if a joke's funny like, we mm-hmm. think it's funny in the studio, but it's, like, hopefully everybody else does. I just got – I think I got lucky, but also I just kind of trusted my instinct of what I thought was funny. Yeah. And I think I didn't – and I also, like, a lot of the jokes and the stories and stuff was, like, of my life. I didn't try to be something I wasn't. This mm-hmm. sounds so cliche, too, but – No, um, it's important. It is really important. Yeah. But, I, like, oh, shit, as I break stuff here – Um. I think, uh, I think the audience knew I was vulnerable because it was my first time, and I wasn't trying to make it seem like something that wasn't. Also, the fact that it's for charity, too. Like, I say, like, if you don't laugh, you're an asshole. It's for charity. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, when right, right. it <laughs> comes down to, like, it's for charity, asshole, so you better fucking laugh for yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So that makes it a little bit easier, too, I think.
0: Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I think there's a bigger cushion when there's shit like that. You know, people laugh at Jerry Lewis jokes for a change, you mm. know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Jerry's <laughs> kids, man. You on now? Um... But that's interesting. So, you're originally from the salt of the earth, Minnesota.
2: Yes, sir. Born and raised in St. Paul. Wow. Yeah. I
0: recorded an album out there when I was rapping. Oh, really? Back when, this is like 2003. My buddy at the time from college, I've told you I went to Madison. Yeah, yeah, man. Um,. This dude had grown up in the Bowl America. Okay. Pretty much across uh what is it, Central Ave or what's the big or hennepin, Lexington oh, like, or one uh, of them?
2: Lexington St. Paul, Hennepin's more Minneapolis. So it depends on like where y'all were. Yeah,
0: his mom was like a clerk at the bowling alley. And okay. all. It was a pretty yeah.
2: wild uh
0: background. I won't go into it out yeah, of yeah, yeah. respect for him. But um you know, he took me down there, they had some little studio, some like crawl space they'd rented or whatever across from that bowling alley and we did the thing there in like a week or whatever. It, 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 you know, it was a fledgling college thing, but I love that town. You know, I got the yeah. meet Idea when I was there. Do you know oh, him?
2: Yeah, he, I had him. So, I actually went to a small college in Minneapolis and I booked Idea and Abilities for one of their last shows there. Yeah, And then I booked Bo Burnham my senior year to do comedy there in the school. I had no idea what to expect. Yeah. And like, Bo is a brilliant man. He's a genius. And this would have been before the what special. Mm-hmm. And like, there was like protests afterwards about how he's racist, and homophobic. I'm like, you know, all of these, it's, it's irony is his whole bit. So if you yeah. get offended yeah. at Bo, like you're, clearly missing the point of the whole thing. Sure. Yeah, yeah I would to not offended. describe
1: him as an offensive comic at all. No, he's,
2: like, pointing out how stupid it is to have those obscene views, but, like, right. they just totally missed over that. But, yeah, Minnesota's cool, and, like, obviously the, the local hip-hop is good with the uh, Rhyme Sayers mm-hmm. atmosphere. And I think, like, for me, I think hip-hop helped with the joke writing, too, because, like, I was... Like boys growing up, you give your friends disses back and forth, but then like, like yeah. obviously my, my favorite rapper is, and obviously my favorite rapper is Eminem. And just like how he doesn't waste a word is how I try to do with jokes too. Word economy, totally. yeah, man. I, I hate that word because we use it radio all the time, but it's so true of like how to get to the punchline like the slickest way possible because that could totally ruin a joke if you have this like one extra words. That's why I'm I'm so anal about like everything has to be like. Not rhyme, but the flow has to be there. Like, even if I do a joke, my like, God, it's too long. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. just go back and just try to find it the right way. You yeah. You know what I
0: mean? Oh, I mean, I think hip hop helped me so much becoming a comic later down the road in terms of what you say and then just big cultural references and just kind of how to think about punchlines. Like, it's loaded with fucking punchlines. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, my God, it's all punchlines. You
0: know, and internal rhyme lines. schemes and just things to kind of polish up a piece of literature um and deliver it in front of a bunch of people in a way that's kind of like amusing you know or Mm -hmm. like illustrating an analogy or what have you um yeah i never would have even thought i was going to get into comedy then because i thought it was a totally different beast but i think it's remarkably similar and those guys in like the battle leagues do like the sort of spoken word battles now with no beats i mean some of that Poetry, I think, is like incredible. And I think all those guys, and a couple of them did transition into comedy, but I think it would be a great proving ground for being a comic. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
2: I think most jokes start as a freestyle, really. Like, you get the idea and it comes to your head, and then it's like, okay, let me write that down, and hopefully. Like, I have a bazillion notes on my phone of stuff that hopefully will be funny one day. Yeah. Yeah. But I just, like, can't get it to work right now. Like Some of the jokes on the last tour I did was from, like, a year ago that I couldn't make work. And then after just being able to do it for a year and get it made him work for this past tour you know what I mean right, right totally I fell in like all the stereotypical things of like write down everything and I, I again like the I Am Comic documentaries have you guys seen those those I'm, are yeah. like, they're I am so comic, good I didn't know yeah. it was an I Am Road comic it, that one's really good and it's the same guys but it's more like the traveling on the roads to get to see like the venue stuff but I think for anybody who wants to do comedy if you haven't seen I Am Comic like I think you're comp- like Foxworthy talks about like writing the jokes and like polishing and I was like oh that's like how you do it yeah it was like mind opening I, I, I've probably watched that like 10 times just like before you show to it, be like, oh, OK, that's how you do it. It's like it seems so easy when they say it, but like, you wouldn't think of it otherwise unless it's like that laid out for you. you know?
1: Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I, feel, I think it's really important to have that sort of guidance when you start because you're just kind of like, I don't know. I just because mm-hmm. a lot of people think that stand up is just people talking on the mic and being mm-hmm. funny in the moment. Like yeah. I have been after shows. I remember I was on a show that did like nobody really did well. This was like maybe like a year and a half ago. And these two girls were in the bathroom and I was in the stall and they're like in the mirror talking shit about the show. They're like, honestly, I feel like I could do a better job. Oh, and damn. then and then one of them was like, yeah, I mean, it all seemed like totally like they practiced it. Like you're supposed to just sit there and like do stuff that comes to your head. Like, I feel like the best comedians just like look at the people and like are just naturally funny like that. <laughs> I'm like, bitch, if you only knew.
2: Oh, my God. How much well, work. <laughs> my uh, my buddy Eric from the show did so my last this past tour he wanted to do some times i gave him five minutes to do in the first show i think he thought that like comedy was more so just like running by and just go up there and do it yeah because he like freaked out on stage and was like i just thought i was just gonna kind of wing it up there i'm like yeah the guys that look at they wing it's because they've done it a million times like chappelle's done that stuff a million times so, he, he learned the hard way. So, this is year. Eric Villegas, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Eric V. actually went to high school with me. I went to high at, school uh, for one year at WJ. WJ, okay. Yeah, and he's uh, a great guy. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've bumped into him a handful of times after, you know, just when everyone got out of college to live an adult life. But uh, I didn't even know he was doing this until after I went ahead and, you know, D was telling me he was working with it. I, like, looked it up, you know. Yeah. D's, like, a little bro. And I was like, holy shit. But, yeah, I guess he's got a following. And, I mean, he is a funny dude. And, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, he has enough of that kind of, like, nice guy, self-deprecatory oh, stuff yeah, with that, like – that thing, I, there was some clip the other day about someone stole his pen. Maybe it was you. Yeah, allegedly. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it just and it took me back for a second of how he was in high school. Where he'd be like, okay, I'm honestly getting a little angry right now. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's how he
2: is. He's just so easy <laughs> to push. But, like, it was cool. Like, so, the, like, the first show we did this year was at Ram's Head Live in Baltimore, which is a dope venue. Um, And so, Sauce and Eric from our show did comedy for the first time. I felt like the comedy dad, even though I've. Not been doing that long, but seeing them like start writing jokes behind the scenes and doing the routines and watching them go on stage the first time and do it was pretty cool to see. And I think Sauce is like she's really good. Uh, she's like dry as f in this funny. And Eric is Eric is like uh, he's Chris Farley doing the uh, motivational speaker thing. Like Eric is just like a yeah. wrecking ball, so he'll be good too. I think they're gonna do. We're gonna do a tour next year. And I think they're both gonna do it next year too. So it's great. Hopefully nice. they keep working on. It. We'll see. Kick cool. D off. I'm Do you- <laughs>
1: <laughs> Poor D. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I love D. He's funny. He's We're going to end up destroying him by the <laughs> end. <of this. laughs> it's because he's
2: so nice, although it's funny. So, like, D's so – nice. He's always been, like, very gracious. And then um, he had a local show he, somewhere in D.C. like a year ago. I was like, oh, I'll show up and, like, support. So I take the Uber down from Gaithersburg. It's like an hour in traffic get to the front and like they won't let me in because he didn't put my name on the list i was like you son of a bitch so i had to get an uber back an hour back that was a two-hour round trip uber ride just to see the outside of the venue yeah jackass
1: wow (laughs) d it's not not a very friendly thing to do (laughs) he's a good dude he's a great dude
0: he's a great dude yeah so uh wow So, Minnesota, so you were a booker of shows before you did any of this? Yeah.
2: Uh, Well, in college, so I worked at the college radio station, and so it was like, we booked like- What um, school is this? Augsburg College is like a really small private school. It's right across from the University of Minnesota. All right. Um, So, we booked shows, so we booked like Brother Ali, ID and Abilities for like the Rhyme Series group, and then Bo Burnham. And Swayze, who used to have a show on MTV back in the day. I know
1: Swayze. Yeah. and then I Andy- used to live in LA okay. and work for MTV. So I know Oh, Shwayzee okay. Well. And so Swayze yeah. and
2: Cisco was, like, right after Cisco got arrested for something. Or I don't even remember. And then we had Andy Grammar, Cisco too. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's how I got to start with, like... Um, that kind of helped me see, like, how, like, tours are booked and that kind of stuff. Because I booked the tour myself and, like, the travel myself for the past couple of years. I think having that experience and seeing how managers do things. Like, mm-hmm. I basically... For, like, the comedy tours, like, I do everything. Like, book the venues, book the travel, all that stuff. Just because I can't let somebody else do it. I have to, like, be there. I get to, like, for the last show we did at the Warner, I got there at, like, 1 p.m. the day of the show. And I wasn't on stage until, like, 9. But just because I have to be there to, like, make sure everything is, like, perfect. Right. You know, I'm, like, so OCD about it. Like, you should hire someone. I'm like, yeah, but then I have to train them to do it my way. And I just need to be there anyway. I was listening to... I think it was Leno was on Mark Marin's podcast talking about like, he flies in the venues and gets to the venue like five minutes before his show starts. And like I don't know how the hell you can do that. Like I personally would not be able to like Trust another place, have everything set up how I want it, and then just right. walk in and be like, here "Me neither." Yeah, you know? yeah. I'm I- on
0: Lombardi time. Any show, anyone can tell you, like I'm there an hour before. Mm-hmm. I feel it's yeah. thirty minutes late. I because stuff always just kind of goes awry. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like even today, you know, I showed up in an hour early, yeah. and then you know, uh, our great fearless leader, fucking. Put the memory card in the. <laughs> 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 nah, he's We just don't want to call you out. Nah, I need to call back. Everything he just goes really
1: smoothly here at Counter Currents. I don't Absolutely. know what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> no,
2: it's, it's D.
0: Ahmed style. 24 7. It's
1: actually, anything that was messed up was actually messed up by D last week. That's I wouldn't what doubt happened. it. I'm going to yank his ass
2: off to her. <laughs> yeah. Show him a thing or two. Yeah, I but mean. But it's true.
1: Petey, you are one of the most punctual people I know. <laughs> You're always, he's always super punctual. I feel like I could be like Jay Leno if I wasn't producing the show. If it's just like, here, come, you know, headline this venue or come perform on this, that's fine. But if I ever have sort of like you are, like if my name's on the production of it, it's a f- if it's for a charity, mm-hmm. like I produce a lot of sketches. You know, yesterday we filmed three. Oh, wow. And I am so anal about mm-hmm. every single, you know, I woke up at like seven in the morning. I yeah. didn't start filming till noon. Yeah. But it's the same stuff, like every single little detail. Mm-hmm. I wanted everything to be perfect. Yeah, and and I do it
2: too. I think because if you're going, if somebody's going to pay money to see you do a show, like I want to make sure that they had a fun time because they're going to they tell their friends
1: totally about mm-hmm. it. Totally. And, yeah, I mean,
2: if, if like you're doing a show and like it's production's horrible, they're not going to be like, oh my god, this venue is bad. I'm like, no, intern John sucked tonight. Not knowing that it was yeah. like the venue was mm-hmm. sucked and everything was working before you go on stage. So that's yeah. why I'm like, you know, when it's all on you, it's a little bit different. Totally. You know I mean,
0: well, let me ask you. So, what kind of you know, I know you said you did a bunch of material like just crowd work, but uh, do you and you do write some stuff? Is what kind? Of, what would your style be like? Like what kind of topical stuff are you talking about? Because I tried looking you up on YouTube and I found like a promo thing for that show, yeah. but I didn't see any like footage or anything like that. Yeah, and
2: that's kind of intentional too. Like I just don't want any filming of this stuff because I feel like anything can be chopped out of context on that show. And mm. then totally. it takes one person to try to tear it down and not even list that it was a show for charity. And right. then it's all over. So like I there's been, we've talked about trying to like sell or do streaming stuff. And I just don't want to deal with people doing that. So, um, yeah, it's all written out. It, it's, um, I do like the last tour was like about going through my breakup stuff. So it was called look what you done. It was a big like breakup theme so it was like the breakup dating family stuff and then like i broke it down in sections it was like a nostalgia section about nickelodeon that kind of stuff so i try to break it down in, like different sections of things i find relevant i guess i don't know but usually like, so for this last tour like i did the show at the warner last year in november and then i was like i'm done with comedy i did it once it was cool whatever and then like late december i was like fuck you missed I it. I missed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, literally, like I was listening to the Weekend Starboy song. I kept hearing, look what you done. And I was like, oh, I texted my intern in Sauce. So I was like, I'm going to do a tour. It's called, look what you done. Here's the theme of it. I'll write jokes eventually. We'll get there. And then I started writing down notes on my phone. And we announced the, sh- the tour in May. No, in April, at 420. And then i don't smoke weed i just knew it was 420 because i thought it was funny um but then i went to the woods in west virginia in may and like went through my notepad and like saw notes and then made it into the set list that's kind of how that worked i wow. guess mm-hmm. yeah but again though too like i know it i i'm sure like i was i feel like comedians probably don't like me in dc because again i'm the asshole decided i could do comedy but like i do four hours a day like You're, i'm on yeah, the air no. four hours a day yeah. so it's like a lot of this stuff if I say something that gets a reaction on the show like on Twitter or social media I'm like oh, I'll write that down and like go back and we'll make that into something later on you yeah. know I mean because that's the cool thing about doing the show is that it's you don't think about it, so it's just having conversation.
0: Well, the good news is I haven't heard any DC Comics hating on you. Neither that's have I. The bad news is I haven't heard any DC Comics hating on you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you want to be it's out true. there and yeah. get some hate and learn to take those fucking blows, you know? Like yeah. these two-by-fours they think they're throwing at me are like twigs, you know? Yeah. I, I get it. I like that. I like branding it making it kind of a niche thing it isn't for everybody i think if you're doing it like for real for real sure you know i mean yeah some people have more universal appeal than others but anything you can do to get into the thing as long as you're willing to play the game right and like learn the craft and treat it as such i don't have a problem with people you know coming in with a leg up that's like that's just business
2: you know what i mean yeah absolutely yeah, I, I guess I mean I took it all to my advantage for the radio stuff, but exactly, Yeah, I put the work in too. Exactly, you know I mean?
1: which it sounds like, but it sounds like you're doing. My only question is, you finish? How long is your tour? It goes.
2: So the first, so it's kind of weird. How it's like the first shows we did, we did two dates in Rockville, two dates in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and then t- last year we did two shows in Arlington, two shows in Baltimore, two shows in Louisville, show in Tampa, and then the Warner, and then this pre- previous year, this year we did two in baltimore two in tampa two in louisville then the warner again i think so it's like each year is like eight or nine dates something like that so
1: do you miss in between that time like in between the years do you miss doing stand-up or to you is the radio show yeah does that hit that need enough for you
2: i think so because yeah that's really a question i think so because i've i've done two like ever since i started doing comedy it's been every year like we've done dates but i think if i didn't have the like yeah if i didn't have the radio station it'd be a different story because i think every time i do a show for comedy i want it to be a different like story like a different set mm-hmm. or i guess special i not it's not special though cause i'm not feeling like a different like hour though so i want it to be like when i do a show it's like it's for a reason there's a theme everybody knows the theme and it's like a production there's like video components there's a DJ on stage who plays music. Like it's, it's like a full-on production, so each time it's different. Mm-hmm. But if I – yeah, I think that I didn't realize how much I like comedy till the first show I got off. I'm like, God, i got to do this again. Mm-hmm. But if I didn't have the radio aspect, I'd probably go crazy. Yeah. You know what yeah. know I mean? This is a creative release of like – it's funny. I had a bit in, in the first show about like how I got in trouble in first grade. My teacher's like, John's constantly disrupting others and can't pay attention, yada, yada, yada. It's like, yeah, now I get paid to do that shit. Like, the stuff I used to get in trouble for in school, right. like I get paid to do it.
3: Mm-hmm. So it
2: kind of came full circle in that way. And that that teacher actually said, note home to my parents. My mom has a note framed. Like, that's like, and Sister Rita, bitch. But she like, wrote, like, <laughs> she wrote, like, this horrible message. And then she goes, Blessings, Sister Rita. I'm like, God, that's passive-aggressive.
1: Yeah. Like, your son's an asshole. Blessings. <laughs> so Catholic. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, the nuns, man, they, they didn't care, so. Yeah, I don't know. I it's um, using faith as a weapon.
3: Oh yeah, and then they're. Well, that's just get, religion. I
2: used to get squeezed too. Like they actually use their fists as weapons back in in my day. When what year were you born? Eighty nine. Oh Jesus! Oh, wow. Yeah, man.
0: That thing didn't go out with Vatican one, huh? No, it was yeah, like Vatican Sister Catherine man. would
2: squeeze our arms till her face would turn red and she'd start shaking. Ugh, yeah, oh, man. Wow. Yeah, it was legit.
0: Yeah, they all have kind of pent up sexual frustrations that manifest themselves in the. Bizarre abuses towards the youth. Sure. Yes. Especially second yes. grade boys, in my case. Wow. Yeah. yeah we'll go we'll go get laid and go to confession. You know,
2: you can <laughs> leave little Johnny alone. Yeah. Please. Yeah. It worked out though. Yeah. <laughs> it gives it me did. material. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that's
1: the kind of stuff. You. That's the kind of stuff that makes a great comedian. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Interesting Ta- childhood experience. Oh, yeah.
2: That tortured artist, right? And that the whole exactly. thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Or imitates life. Yeah. Um. So.
0: Johnny, when do you have – I mean, you did the Warner Theater. You did this – where was this recent thing?
2: The, we did the Warner last November and this past August. We did it twice in a oh, year, okay. I guess. Yeah. So
0: what's the next thing?
2: We're doing the Soundry in Columbia on November 10th, and that's not that's not part of the tour. That's like a one-off thing so it's gonna be a chance to work on new stuff and then kind of do like the best of the past two tours too. Okay. That's the weird thing about the only the problem I think of doing like we only did like two shows in D C is like I feel like some of the stuff is really good and not everybody's gonna get to hear it and I don't want to do it again next year so it doesn't seem like I'm recycling material. Mm-hmm. So this is like a chance to, like do this past tour again but also get in the new stuff that I'm working on for next year. Mm-hmm. You know? So it'll be cool. Um the sound reason new venue so we're excited to do that and then it'll be fun. It's it wasn't a planned show. I thought the Warner would be the last show for the year, but then things kind of fell into place, and I was like, all right, let's do one more for this year. So it'll be cool. Mm-hmm. D will be there. Kyle will be there. And then uh, Sauce and Eric as well. So it'll be dope. Fantastic. Kyle Cromer, by the way, is dope, too. You guys should have Kyle on. Kyle is, um, like, he did the first show with us, and, like, between last year and this year, like, he just stepped his game up to where, like, I would actually watch his set on tour because he's so freaking funny. And he's so, like... He's so calm, but he has this joke about Captain America that like made me like almost pee my pants laughing because it was so good.
0: Kyle Cromer, I don't know that I met him. He's a DC comic. Yeah, he's yeah, dope. I've met him before. Okay, he's like yeah.
2: very zen. He's like our he's like our Buddha. So Kyle, like our first road trip we did, we were going to Harrisburg for some shows, and like we're sitting in the back, and like I'm trying to break the ice, and I only met D and Kyle once before. I'm like, so like, what do you guys think of Ancestry.com? And Kyle goes, I can't use Ancestry.com. I'm like, why, Kyle? He's like, they don't keep receipts for black people that long. I was like, Jesus Christ, that's full hilarious! He's on oh, stage. Yeah. I, oh, I think like, I know this guy. I think he's done that bit on stage. Hopefully, yeah, he like wears that. a hat usually too. Like that's kind of his thing. But he's yeah, he's really yeah. funny. He's really smart. Well, that's yeah, cool. Funny. Harrisburg, huh? Oh, I did a bunch of shows way back when. What what were you all? It was so uh, the show is our radio show syndicates. So we go to markets that we're on, and so we were on Harrisburgs. So we did. It was called Joe K's Brewhouse. To Two years ago, I think. Wow. Yeah. So, how
0: many markets are you syndicated in, in terms of the Kane Show and all I that? I think
2: it's, uh, maybe it's eight. And we try to do like next year, like we're, um, we added Burlington, Vermont. So we're gonna try to do some shows there, and the Hamptons. We might do some shows there too. But we try to go all the markets that we're on and just to see those. It's all East
0: Coast, more or less.
2: Yeah. As far west as we go is uh Louisville, Kentucky, for now. So hopefully oh, that around. keeps going. But Louisville's a fun town. Um We've been there past few years. We we sold out. I think four shows, which is cool. So very cool. The green room is dope. We they gave us like each our own room with showers, which is always cool. Wow. Like they treat us like way better than we should be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's amazing. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's cool. I can't. It's 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 been a. It's weird. It's supposed to be one show, but luckily, like we've raised twenty three thousand dollars for the Fisher House, which is um, awesome. That's so, amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. And, and if you guys, not the, you'd be like, the Fisher House is dope because essentially I had a friend who joined the army. And she was stationed in Texas, and she was diagnosed with cancer. Mm-hmm. And so while she, she finished boot camp and then got diagnosed, I'm like, jeez, how the oh, f- Like, I couldn't sucks. finish boot camp without cancer, but she finished it with cancer. But oh then, yeah. so she started treatment, and so I flew down there right away. And that's when, like, I heard of the Fisher House but didn't know what they do. And essentially, it's like they pay for your family, like their flights to go out and see you. So, like her family, oh, danced, I mean, flights from Arlington to Texas for like she had six rounds of chemo for a year, and ho- they give hotels too. So, like they're talking thousands of dollars. So that's the cool thing with fish routes, they give like housing and transportation so that like the person, the military person, can focus on being healed right so that's been the coolest part of this is is raising the twenty three thousand dollars so far which has been it's been cool it's been awesome been been blessed to get the support we've had and, and people seem to laugh too which is always good too yeah <laughs> <You know? Great. laughs> that's yeah, if you can make them awesome.
0: laugh you can uh, keep them coming
2: back I guess yeah absolutely yeah. and it helps I think or just
0: torture them while they enjoy yeah. the top 40
2: or whatever it, At least then they, again <laughs> they know it's for charities so they have to laugh yeah, I mean, if you don't yeah, laugh, you, you guys go. suck. But it's cool having we had um, Catherine Jessup on for the Warner show. She's really funny too. Yeah, oh yeah, we've um, known Catherine Jessup her for a long yeah, time. Yeah, Kath- Catherine's like uh, I. She came to the Warner show last year, and I didn't know her. D had mentioned her, and I was like blown away because she's just like very quiet off stage, but on stage, like she just like sh- shreds people. Like mm-hmm. She's just like she's lethal with her comedy that's like a she, great word for her yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Like you wouldn't yeah. expect it but she says and she knits backstage for each show it's, yeah. like, the, it's like the oddest thing she's knitting like, I'm just getting ready for the show and she's knitting and then she goes on stage and just slays you I find I mean? that so
1: fun to see like comedians personality off stage mm-hmm. versus on stage because I feel like you see that a lot like someone who's like real awkward real yeah. quiet yeah. and then they get on stage and it's just like this full of life human mm-hmm. who is like super loud just the opposite of what people think, like, I feel like people ask me all the time, like, oh, what's it like backstage at comedy yeah, yeah. shows? I'm like, it's just a lot of people on their phone doing nothing. It's, it's pretty same much. with
2: radio, too. Though, like, radio people, like, some of the like, most personality people in the country, like, off the air, just like, don't want to be talked to, right? It's like right. socially awkward. It's a really right. weird thing. That's why it's, it's kind of been funny, like, dealing with comedians, or radio people, because I think we're a lot of the same, we're like hella creative. But, like, also need our own space a lot. Totally. You know what I mean? So that's why I'm I'm weird, like, where I go to the woods in West Virginia for weekends at a time. But the second the radio show's over, I get out and go to my house and just be by myself. Right, right, right. I just need to, like, clear my head.